Here's to the finest crew in Starfleet. Engage. Hello and welcome to The Greatest Generation, a podcast by two people a little bit ashamed to have a podcast about Star Trek, but I guess not so proud as to actually prevent them from having one. (laughs) I like your inflection, The Greatest Generation. Yeah, I I think, uh, you know, we're on episode three. I think it's time to uh, start testing some stuff out, maybe. Yeah, Uh, I'm one of your hosts, Ben Harrison. Oh, yeah, and I didn't introduce myself. Uh, I'm Adam Pranica. And I think that you... was my fault. I stepped on it. Well, if if uh, if anyone listening is trying to look up either of those names, they're they're fake. Yeah, we've, yeah. And if you did happen to find any any search returns for them, uh, those aren't us. Purely coincidental. Right, right. Pretty common <laughs> names. Yeah, I think. Yep. Yeah, there was a guy in my college with the same name. So, put that in your pipe and smoke it. Yeah, idiots. Yeah, don't fuck e- you. Don't even fuck try you. To, don't even try to send us emails or uh, or or voicemails or or go look at a website that we may or may not be thinking about having. Yeah, one thing we need to talk about is what our domain name is going to be. And the first thing that came to my mind was Starship Enterprises because Dot Enterprises <laughs> is a. Uh, is a, a top-level domain, but uh, uh, obviously that's long gone. Um, is and, there anyone uh, who works at the internet internet that would just give you a wedgie for even asking <laughs> about a domain like that? Yeah. I uh, So I, I also came up with darmok.xyz in reference to a beloved episode of Star Trek The Next Generation, Darmok. Is a... Uh, is gach.biz available? <laughs> the other one uh, that I came up with, which is really like, uh, you, uh, and you may agree, as embarrassing as the fact that we have this show in the first place, which is 1701-d.enterprises. Oh, God. That is just the atomic wedgie of, of domains right there. How do you spell Gach? I'm, you know what? I'm sure there are some Star Trek nerds who are super <laughs> who positive about how to spell it. That they're yeah. Let me see. That's okay, got to so be first. They have to right? Google Gach. Right? Yeah, yeah. We can edit out this search part, but I think it's important uh, to see if it's available. That might be my favorite of all the choices. Oh, this is fun. the The first autofill when I search Star Trek Gach is Star Trek Gach recipe. Let's, oh. see what, let's see what comes up there. That might be a very special episode of The Greatest Generation where we decide to make that. Oh, wow. It, inc- it includes cow tongue, bay leaves, garlic, breadcrumbs, rubbed sage. This is just like a lengua recipe, pretty much. Well, you'd be a fool to cook your uh, beef tongue without those bay leaves. This is on Klingon.org. Bay leaves, the warrior's herb. Man, this is this is an upsetting rabbit hole. I don't want to go down it any further. <laughs> Just when you think that we're uh, we're being super nerdy and even having this podcast, you find an even bigger nerd or set yeah. of nerds having their own website for stuff like this, and suddenly it's, I feel a little bit better. Yeah, it's one of the very comforting things about being a fan of Star Trek is that I will never even come close to going as nerdy as it's possible to go. Yeah, we've got a lot of 
wedgy human shields to throw in front of us uh, before before any yeah. of the jocks come looking for these Star Trek nerds. Okay, well, uh, Gach that biz does uh, is available at, at the time of this recording. <laughs> surprise, surprise! Oh man, uh, and it's the proper spelling. Yep, uh, that's G A G H. We should, uh, you know, like edit this part out for sure. But we should be name- <laughs> we should be naming our episodes. Yeah, uh, and yeah, I guess we haven't done I, that. I don't think they should be the name of the episode. I think they should be like canonical to our recording. And yeah. the name of this episode, if it were to be Gok.biz, I think would be great. Fair enough. Uh, name uh, of episode two could be Drunk Shinoda. I think Drunk Shinoda might be our top contribution to podcasting. Yeah, in the entire run of this show, like I don't know <laughs> if we'll ever get back to that level of sublime. Ridiculousness. <laughs> we really need to nominate a drunk Shinoda for every episode. I think that's important. We keep his spirit alive. Okay. Okay. Um, you know what? He might be in in heaven right now, stacking computer chips and and giggling <laughs> like a like a special child. Yeah. Uh, he'll always be alive in our hearts. So if we're going to narrow it down, I would say that our top two contenders are one seven zero one dash d dot enterprises. And gach.biz. Um, I'm going to throw in a wild card. Gach.catering. Uh, <laughs> what do you uh, think? Uh, that's a thing. <laughs> yeah, dot catering is available. Oh, God. I Just to me, anything dot biz is inherently more funny. It's than, always funnier, yeah. Than the regular. And I can't even explain why uh, using mm-hmm. any sort of comedy math. It just works for me. Um, we could have both, and they could both go to the same place. Listen, if we if we get both, it's going to be like more than thirty dollars. So uh, I think right. we just have to pick one. If somebody wants to make like a, you know, troll us and buy the other, you know, fine. But uh, my vote is Gok.biz, and not just because biz. I came up with it. It's, it's <laughs> it, it really like it fires off the tongue like the f word. Like it's it's two f words put together. Yeah, I love um, it. Okay, well... And uh, it'll look great on a t-shirt. Yeah. A t-shirt that will sell to no one. <laughs> yeah, because uh, we don't really want to, like, engage with this more more than we have to. I'm really excited to, to I'm, cook I'm, the gawk and actually put the video of that up on our new website. Mm, yeah, yeah. I mean, we're we going to use this website we for all sorts of things. <laughs> you're, you're more ambitious than I am, Adam. Should we get to the episode? Yeah, let's hit it. This is uh, Code of Honor, um, and I'm starting to wonder if there was a reason I liked this series as a kid, <laughs> because we are three episodes in, and and uh, it seems like each episode is a bigger turkey than the last. Uh, so if the- you're if you're a network and you're buying syndicated shows, and and this is like notably the biggest <laughs> syndication series ever, like you yeah. have a choice. You have a choice. You don't have to buy this show. How many episodes are you watching before you sign on the dotted line, the line that is dotted, yeah, uh, to buy Star Trek: The Next Generation? I think most of the people who bought the show didn't see this far. No, yeah, because if they and- had, I think I think they're definitely not buying. And this, I think, so, uh, 
if memory serves, is like an episode from the first season that really typifies something about the first season of The Next Generation, which is that almost like in cuts, like you you could confuse this for the original series. Like, yeah. like it'll be like camera angle one cut to camera angle two. And you're like, did I just go back in time 30 years or? Yeah. The blocking of the scenes looks very original series. Uh, the music even was like sort of overtly cheesy. Yeah. Uh, and like every time they go outside, you can tell that the psych is about, five feet away from the back of the actor's heads. <laughs> yeah, everything's got a shadow on it, even, uh, even, even the, the hillside. <laughs> yeah. so, uh, so here's the premise. Uh, the Enterprise arrives at Ligon 2 to acquire a vaccine uh, that they need for some other planet, and the people on this planet are the only people capable of making this life-saving medicine, and they are vastly less technologically advanced than the Federation. They're not members of the Federation, and they are comparatively primitive in terms of technology. So the Enterprise shows up uh, looking to pick up some of this, some of this vaccine, and uh, the ruler of Ligon 2, or at least the guy that they're dealing with... Uh, <laughs> I, and, is he the ruler or is he just a ruler? Uh, I got the feeling that he was a ruler. Yeah. Yeah, he doesn't but seem to be like unclear. totally supreme or anything. But I think if he were, the the planet would have died hundreds of years ago. The guy's yeah. an idiot. Right. So, anyways, like every other dude on this show so far, he falls hard for Tasha Yar. And, Who wouldn't? And he's also totally blown away that they have permitted women to have roles in their society other than uh, landowner, I guess, because <laughs> he comes from a society where women own the land and men protect the land. So he uh, abducts Tasha Yar, and uh, and that's sort of the the big problem of the episode that the Enterprise is trying to solve. And it's a big, like, it's the first Prime Directive episode of it's, The Next Generation. It's really like, it's trading drugs for hostages. Yeah, oh, it's yeah. It's the story. It's, it's sort of some, <laughs> some Oliver North shit, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. A lot of, a lot of Reagan uh, going on <laughs> in this episode. That is the Reagan years, I guess. Um, yeah. You know, this the, the abduction is already a kind of puzzling choice in the script uh, of the many puzzling choices that were made in this episode. Yeah. Uh, they spend basically the first 10 minutes of the episode establishing what a fucking badass Yara is. Like anytime somebody steps to her, she like flips them on the floor. She, she takes them to the holodeck at one point and shows that she's a, a pretty serious badass when it comes to Aikido. And then, somehow he grabs her and is able to transport her back to his planet without her being able to, you know, wrestle out of his grip or whatever. Well, they refer to it a couple of times later on. Like, is it because she's, she feels some latent attraction to him? Oh, oh, you think so? Maybe he goes she allowed in, herself she's like, maybe he's taken. hugging me. Yeah. Yeah. I feel so safe in his arms. Uh, <laughs> yeah. And, uh, I don't know if we've explicitly said this yet, but 
I think we probably should. Uh, the Ligonians are all black and styled in a very like coming to America esque racist Africana type clothing. It is terribly racist. And <laughs> like they're I mean, setting aside for for a moment, like the idea that they're all like pretty jacked black people. Right. Who have they're wearing like kind of open shirts and vests yeah. and things and, and they're probably oiled up a little bit, I'm sure. gonna say. Uh the planet they live on is like a uh a Las Vegas version of Aladdin. <laughs> like like they uh, the planet is like an all-inclusive Mexican resort. Like, <laughs> it's just yeah, it's yeah, it's really, like what really low rent. Yeah, uh, like if this is the best they can do, uh, it's troubling. Um, right, but they've what, got the drugs. It's it's what you experience if you travel to another culture but stay within like yeah. a Western milieu the entire time. It's like. The equivalent of a beach resort in Egypt that only Americans and Brits go to, or uh, you know, any beach fucking resort anywhere yeah. like that is a safe place for cruise ships to pull into. Yeah, um, so, it's, so it definitely has that feel. Also, like, where the fuck is Worf during the entire thing? Yeah, Worf definitely hasn't come into his own as like the. Klingon warrior character that he winds up being and also I guess isn't really in the security uh, apparatus of the ship at this point he's kind of a con officer I think God, what a dumb choice <laughs> yeah they start Worf in a red uniform which uh, really really like flies in the face of everything we know about Worf um, but uh, so Picard is really like is is really like not sure what to do about this until he decides that what what Lutan, this ruler character, has pulled is a counting coup, uh or a honor honorific show of hero, heroism to <laughs> that uh that he needs to he needs to kind of get on their cultural wavelength to deal with. Like he can't treat this like it's uh a criminal abduction he has to treat it like it's a it was like a a respectable show of honor and there are like procedures within the construct of that honor to uh get yar back uh but another wrench is thrown in the works when they go down to the planet and they are basically on the verge of uh of getting her freedom and lutan declares that he wants Yar to be his first one or wife. And uh, <laughs> that comes as a big surprise to the Enterprise crew, but also his current wife, Yarina. Yeah, she's she's not happy at all with this decision. No, she's fucking pissed. <laughs> and, uh, and she's her... pissed and she's ready to kill. Yeah, so her response is challenging Yar to a fight to the death. <laughs> which is apparently the only way their culture has uh, devised. I, they're alleged, I guess they're a spacefaring culture, right? Like they have orbital defenses and stuff. So, right, and they can transport places. Like right. they, they seem pretty sophisticated in they're, they're every quite, other way except interacting with anyone else. 
right. Yeah. So, uh, <laughs> so Yar has to train for this fight, and one of the things we find out is that they uh, fight with these fist weapons that are it's like a you stick your hand inside of a ball that has spikes coming out of it and the spikes are poisoned and are like it's a very sophisticated poison that can kill you instantly an interesting part about that scene is like uh you know the the weapons are brought in in these big toolboxes these big red toolboxes and (laughs) i think there's like three or four of them we only ever see one yeah, I wasn't it's, sure if that was because they were all the same or if they had, like, a choice, but they they chose the same weapon. Yeah, it's, it's like, bird-beak-looking one, the spiky bird. Yeah, 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 it's a, it's a ball with a bird beak and spikes. Um, <laughs> but there, that, that scene ends with them uh, looking out the window down into the courtyard where this fight is going to take place the next day, and Yarina is practicing on the jungle gym that they... Uh, are going to have this fight on. And uh, I just, I felt very bad for the actress that they cast in this part uh, because yeah. she's definitely like an actress, not a not a dancer or a martial artist of any kind. Yeah, and they clearly this, just told her like, fuck around on the on the monkey bars down here. Yeah. And, uh, and, and like flail around. It's embarrassing. It's bad. Yeah, yeah it really is. And like they don't even do her the courtesy of like going into a very tight close up so you can't see what she's doing and there's a lot of motion blur. Like it's like a a wide shot of a jungle gym with a grown woman twirling around it. It and looks like a special needs kid practicing uh LARPing. Yeah. It's like, it's, just, it's, just it's really sad. bad and not intimidating at all, but they play a you know, there's a music cue there that's like, Oh my god, Yar is fucked is the emotion that we were trying to evoke in the audience. The music cue they should have used when they separated the ship in episode one. Right? Oh, yeah. That's a great point. Yeah. The fight pops off. They establish very early on that this poison is, in fact, super deadly when Yarina's poison punching device flies off of her hand and hits a guy who's just sitting in the audience. Yeah, that guy caught a foul ball. He he kills (laughs) right over. (laughs) I think they got to do something about those seats right next to the... Yeah, yeah. Like a Gallagher show, you need like like some some plastic wrap to hold up if there's ever a splash. (laughs) Yeah, that's a tough break. I mean, that's, I think, why you want to bring your glove to the game. And in this scene, we sort of realize that uh, Hagon, who's the kind of major domo or second in command to Lutan, uh, is more emotionally engaged in this fight than uh, he probably should be uh, if he weren't secretly in love with Yarina. I just noticed that Yarina and Yar are like ridiculously similar names. Oh, yeah. What the fuck? That's just lazy. <laughs> Anyways, the Enterprise crew has like worked some shit out. So the second Yar obviously wins the fight, she like she like jumps on top of Yarina and they get transported up to Sick Bay, uh presumably, while the uh the Lagonians uh 
you know, walk around and act outraged that the body isn't there for them or whatever. I can't remember where in the episode this happens, but there is a scene like randomly peppered in where Data and Jordy are talking about jokes. I feel like it might be right in here <laughs> where Data's like trying out some bits on Jordy and Jordy doesn't think they're funny. Yeah, and it Jordy's clearly been through it hundreds of times. I think he even uh, mentions that. Like, Jordy yeah. tries to leave, and Data <laughs> blocks his progress. I think Jordy was joke-raped. Yeah. Yeah. That was also the scene where he shaves with that little uh, that little blue thing. Oh, yeah. They never really come, come back to that. We never really see grooming, right? Yeah. Like, this blue cube doesn't even light up. Yeah. Like, LeVar Burton just sort of holds it around his face. Right. Yeah, like, maybe they meant to, like, wire an LED into it and the prop department dropped the ball or something. This is three straight episodes of like prop department bullshit. Yeah. I mean, I think that especially in this era of television, first seasons of shows uh, really didn't get much budget to play with. Um, We were talking uh, on my other show about the X-Files recently and how uh, the first season is just like a real slog in terms of set design and yeah. And budgetary choices because they had zero zero money. But by the time the show's popular, you know, they really like have have a lot to work with. So Yeah, they're they're I playing think the, with a little more house money. Yeah, I think the same is probably true of Trek uh next generation. Anyways, this all gets resolved when Lutan beams back up to the Enterprise and is outraged to discover that Yarina is not in fact dead. Um, very much so, but, uh, but the fact that she was dead momentarily, uh, and then revived, I guess, means that I guess what, whatever, like property right claim he had on her is dissolved. Uh, and then she decides to pledge her property rights to, uh, Hagon. And this is like the weakest moment of a very weak episode because it's sort of like, an awkward way of tying up a alien legal dispute in a bow. And it's like hard to really bring yourself to care about the legal systems of this racist caricature of what it would be like if Africans had a whole planet or something. They try to peanut butter over a little bit more conflict, like having to do with the prime directive and why, you know, they can't just go and take... Either, right. either the drugs or Tasha Yarback by force. And that's another example of like Picard basically turning to camera and explaining to the dumb viewer, you know, <laughs> the reasons why they can't end this episode after 10 minutes. Right. And uh, I think Hagan's parting line is, you may excel in technology, but not in civilized behavior. Yeah, that's fair. <laughs> I guess so. Like that's that's a real game respect game uh, moment right there at the very end. <laughs> yeah. So, uh, anyways, they get their fucking vaccine and Yar's okay, and and Lutan is uh, duly chastened by the entire proceedings. Um, yeah. Now, now Hagon's stuck with her. Yeah. Good yeah. luck, Hagon. Good luck with the arena. If her um, uh, if her if her love making is anything like her display on the fighting field, uh, good luck. <laughs> what would you call that? Fighting rink? Probably really spasmatic and uh, yeah, like, probably not a lot of rhythm. 
probably a little bit of Elaine Bennis kind of oh yeah kind of, kind of rhythm to it yeah my love is a Tough episode. <laughs> um, I read on the Wikipedia page that the director who determined to cast only black actors in the part of the Ligonians was fired for being such a racist. Hmm. So, so go figure. It, it's it's not necessarily something that was in the script, and in fact, there's a couple of moments in the script that make me think it's it really wasn't intentional on the part of the screenwriters. Not to say that the screenwriters are without blame here, right. but. They like present the Ligonians with a ceramic horse from some era of Chinese history yeah. uh, at one point, which makes me think that maybe like the honor code that they were that they sort of intended in the script was maybe more loosely based on an Eastern like samurai honor code or something like that. But uh, it's it's yeah it's it. And and it's like an episode that everybody that has been interviewed about uh, that was like a actor on the show is sort of embarrassed to have been involved with. <laughs> Which yeah, they should be. It's uh, also instructive of this era of television where they're like, "Wow, did we just do something really racist? I guess we'll have to put it on TV." Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. And no, like this is a season that basically has thirty episodes in it. Like they, I think they could have done without this one. Yeah, yeah. Ugh. Well, uh, this was another uh, episode that really took full advantage of the awkwardness of one Wesley Crusher. Oh yeah. Uh, who, his mom left in the turbo lift for like, I want to say like a good five minutes. He's in a he's in a turbo <laughs> yeah. lift with the door open. Like, I was really hoping when that scene started because it's the, the scene starts with just like the turbo lift door opening on the bridge. Crusher walks off and and then you see Wesley like poke his head around the corner. Yeah. And I was really hoping that that would just like the door would close and it would sort of go uncommented on that he was just like <laughs> curiously like peeking at the. <laughs> at see the that would be way more sophisticated than what we get because when I was watching that scene I was waiting for like the ding when you have the elevator doors open too long like <laughs> like someone's hitting the call button from another floor. That person must have been so pissed. Yeah like, yeah. Like there's a shift change on the bridge at some point and. And Wesley is just like holding the door. Well, Adam, you and I both know that that's not the only turbo lift shaft that accesses the bridge. But uh, we do know that, yeah. Uh, but we but, also know that Wesley is Beverly's son, uh, right. even though Beverly takes every opportunity to tell Picard that uh, she introduces him as Wesley, my son, uh, in that <laughs> yeah. meeting. I don't know if you caught that. She's yeah. like, "Do you remember that you banned Wesley, my son, from your bridge?" Like, yeah, yeah, we get it. We know who he is. Yeah. It's like in a student film script when one character turns to the other and says, look, David, you're my brother. So you know that I blah, blah, blah. Yeah. <laughs> Just who, like, who is this lady who, who has a vested interest in this young person? <laughs> doesn't make any sense to me. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah. And, and uh, they finally like let him sit at the con, right? Yeah. I don't, this I don't is, know. This is Wesley's first time. Uh, first time working on the bridge as though that's okay. I think we're all lucky he wasn't invited to sit on someone's lap. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So he takes the con, and then we go about our business with the rest of the episode. 
I think I think a full day passes. Like and by the end of the episode he's still there. Did you notice right. that? Right. Picard Picard beams back up and he's like he go, he turns to Riker and he's like what the fuck is going on here? <laughs> and Riker's like, "Oh yeah, like uh <laughs> that was my fault." And like yeah, yeah, and you know Wes is not going to leave once he sits in the chair. He's probably just pissed and shit in it uh, for, for like 36 hours. Yeah. Getting I mean, his fill of the con. I, I, I like to think that this is a post-bodily function future oh, yeah. Uh, yeah, in the same way that it's a post-scarcity future. Uh, but Wow, we can only hope. We can only hope, yeah. I mean... It sounds wonderful. The this, the series has never made an effort to sh- to show what bathroom time is like in uh in the 23rd century or 24th century or whatever it is but uh it's a missed opportunity <laughs> i mean we we see tasha yar boning down with a robot and we but we aren't mature enough as viewers to uh see someone use a urinal <laughs> pretty messed up man pretty messed up you'd think that they could at least get like a three shells joke going or something like that <laughs> Sorry. We're just skipping around here, which I like. You know when uh, when Tasha was giving uh, Lutan the, the whole tour of the holodeck? Yeah. Like, at first they give that job to Riker. Did you notice that? Like, hey, Riker, why don't you give Lutan a, uh, a tour of the holodeck? Show him, show him how that works. Oh, weird. Yeah, I th- and then... I think, I think we, were, <clears throat> we were moments away of seeing something really fucked up happening in that holodeck. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he he, he put like the finger in his collar. Like, uh, I, I actually have a program running right now that is not exactly appropriate for a diplomatic occasion. Hey, such can as you this. just wait down the hall and, uh, and let me change these settings? <laughs> let me uh, let me squeegee down the black and yellow walls. <laughs> I'll, I'll holler when uh, when it's safe for you to come in. <laughs> Oh, How much man. more impressed would Lutan have been if he walks in and it's just like a ferocious orgy? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh, man. That Riker. God. I think they even say, like, uh, like no one knows more about the holodeck than Commander Riker. We'll have him show you. But it's, Lut- <laughs> it's Lutan himself who wants the tour from Tasha. And, and I get yeah. that. He's, he's, uh, his, uh, he's a man his, who his, knows what he wants. Yeah. His junk and- has taken the lead at that point. <laughs> yeah. Do you believe that uh, that Yar was in fact attracted to him? That was at, so, on some level. No, I don't, and I think the I think we were made to think that, but I just right. Think the That's sort of another element of the racism in this script. It's like the oversexed African character that that is a somehow a threat to the white woman kind yeah, of yeah. I mean, there's that, but the, but also like they give it such little emphasis, like. I think Troy asks him, uh, asks her, asks Tasha Yar, like, you're totally into him, aren't you? Like, she, <laughs> she sort of, like, seed of, seed of doubts her, and then yeah. she sort of admits it, but she's, she's real mealy-mouthed about it. Like, it's not convincing to me uh, when she says that, that she's, what, is, what does she say? It's attraction but not love or something. <laughs> right. which, are two, which are two totally different things <laughs> I don't know I thought I thought it was a weird like especially like the relationship between Troy and Yar they're supposed to be friends we don't ever really see them act friendly to each other except when uh, when Yar tries to steal some scarves in the last episode from her apartment right. yeah I mean and then and then Troy just kind of slut shames her a little bit like 
I don't know. That was weird. That that was not convincing to me at all, and and dealt with in a really awkward way. Yeah, I don't think the writers of this script are like big Dan Savage readers. I don't think the writers of this episode know what love is. I want to know what love is. <laughs> I want you to... Darmok, Angelad, and Tanaga. Darmok, Angelad, and Tanaga. Hey, Ben. Yeah. You know what time it is. It's time for a new segment called... Who's our drunk Shinoda? Drunk Shinoda. <laughs> oh man, I think I think Troy probably would be my nominee. Uh, yeah, I she wouldn't be mine, but I totally get that uh, because she's acting in a manner that's pretty far out of character. Uh, we don't really get what she's doing or why. Yeah. Yeah, I think that's pretty good. It's a pretty good vote there. Uh, I am going to vote for Hagon uh, as my drunk Shinoda nominee. He seems like someone who uh, who might be drunkenly infatuated with a woman he can't have. Yeah. And, uh, and like, can't control himself. He can't keep himself from yelling out during the fight. You know, that <laughs> she needs to protect him, herself. So that seemed like a kind of a drunk move to me. So yeah. my vote for drunk Shinoda is Hagon. Hagon. Okay. Uh, so uh, for people who are uh, keeping their power rankings uh, going at home... Uh, that's one tick for Troy and one tick for Hagon. Good to know. I am Locute as a board. You will respond to my questions. A good time so often has a downside, doesn't it? Especially when it comes to stuff that you put in your birdie. We've all been hungover before. I mean, many of us have, I guess. Or we've had too much jazz in our gummy. And that sucks, right? Because you don't think about the time after the good time that you've been trying to have a good time. That's why I like Lumi Labs so much. It's the predictability. Through painstaking trial and error, I have found my perfect dose. It's what I can depend on when I can use a little more chill, a little help getting into a creative headspace, and I don't need to have too much fun doing whatever it is I need to be doing. And I'm so glad that Microdose is available nationwide. That means just about anyone can try it. To learn more about microdosing THC, go to microdose.com and use the code SCARVES to get free shipping and 30% off your first order. Again, that's microdose.com and the code is SCARVES. You might have heard us talk about Squarespace before and you're thinking, what do I need a website for? I already have a bunch of profiles across the different social medias. But isn't it time you had a place online that wasn't owned by a social media company? How about you take control of your online identity with a website of your own? For that, there's Squarespace. With Squarespace, you can buy a URL and build a customized website with your name and not a giant social media company's name with your name attached and a bunch of numbers at the end. With Squarespace, you can have a place on the internet personalized to your aesthetic that lets you tell people about who you are instead of an algorithm. And the best part is, you don't have to be an experienced designer or a web page creator to make something great because Squarespace is always there for you with their award-winning 24x7 customer support. Don't settle for being another company's product. Be your own product with a website that's all you with Squarespace. Go to squarespace.com for a free trial and when you're ready to launch, use the offer code SCARVES to save 10% off your first purchase of a website or domain. That's squarespace.com. The code is SCARVES. Think it. Dream it. Make it. With Squarespace. Back for another game. You know it. 
What's going on? Just one more week till Max Fun Drive. <laughs> Hard to believe. It's been a heck of a year since the last one. We're now a worker-owned co-op. We raised $50,000 for charity last year. And we've added a bunch of awesome new shows. But do you think we're ready to do it again? Absolutely. Lovely new gifts are lined up. The episodes will be amazing. And wait till everyone hears the bonus content. Yeah, plus they know to go to MaximumFun.org newsletter, so they're getting all the news. Oh, like that meetup day is on Thursday, March 21st. Then what's bothering you? Me? Oh, nothing. We're all set for Max Fun Drive to start on Monday, March 18th. I just didn't want you to see this coming. Check. What? Hang on! Most of the plants humans eat are technically grass. Most of the asphalt we drive on is almost a liquid. The formula of WD-40 is San Diego's greatest secret. Zippers were invented by a Swedish immigrant love story. On the podcast Secretly Incredibly Fascinating, we explore this type of amazing stuff. Stuff about ordinary topics like cabbage and batteries and socks. Topics you'd never expect to be the title of the podcast. Secretly Incredibly Fascinating. Find us by searching for the word secretly in your podcast app. And at MaximumFun.org. I am Locutus aboard. You aboard. Let us talk about this next episode, though. Okay. Uh, so, next episode is The Last Outpost. Uh, this is the Federation's first ever encounter with the hostile, thievish Ferengi race. Uh, the Enterprise... Just when you thought we couldn't get any more racist. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Perhaps the most explicit Jewish stereotype <laughs> in television history. Uh, <laughs> that is nonetheless carried through to the next two spinoffs of the series. Uh uh yeah so so i guess the enterprise and some ferengi get sort of trapped uh in uh f some sort of force field from a presumed dead planet it turns out to be the portal a gatekeeper uh the last surviving in intelligence of a superior civilization that was wiped out by their stars supernova the portal captures both races' scouting teams and tests if they deserve to be spared or put down as hopeless barbarians. Yeah, I mean, I think I think the reception is sort of in lockstep to our feelings about it right now. Uh, yeah. Far too comical to be taken seriously in any way <laughs> uh, was the description of the Ferengi. And also, uh, while completely ridiculous, they are genuinely hilarious. So, I mean... I think this is one element that was severely lacking from the episode that we just saw. There yeah. wasn't really anything intentionally funny, intentionally no. or unintentionally funny, about the episode that we saw. No, it was just uncomfortable and weird. Um, yeah, I. so the one thing I re really strongly remember from this episode is that the Ferengi's weapons are these, like, blue power whips that shoot lightning bolts. Um, they like crack them over their head and lightning bolts fly across the, the place and hit Pretty people. Pretty badass. Yeah, I had a uh, a Ferengi action figure that had a little plastic bullwhip when I was a kid. And uh, I thought that that was like, you know, like everybody's got a fucking ray gun in Star Trek. And I, I really like the creativity behind that as like a different approach to a weapon. And I don't, I think this might be the only time we see that in the entire series. 
You know, if Indiana Jones had a whip like that, he wouldn't have oh. had to pull out his gun and shoot that guy in the bazaar. <laughs> that guy with the scimitar? Yeah. Yeah. You know, the only the only thing that can stop a bad Ferengi with a whip is an Indiana Jones with a whip. <laughs> is that Agreed. how the saying goes? <laughs> uh, yeah, I think. Uh, who's going to correct us? No one's listening. Nope. <laughs> It's a good point, Adam. It's a good point. <laughs> yeah, keep your emails coming, no one. <laughs> uh, well, uh, I have good news at the end of this episode. As we've been talking, I registered us the website gach.biz. Uh, that's great news. And I also registered us 1701-d.enterprises, just, just because it's too good not to have we're gonna get tired of spelling out gawk to all of our friends uh, <laughs> trying to direct them to our website so i don't, that I don't know that we will be directing anybody to it so yeah also you, you, what you, friends <laughs> that's a good point I'm a lot I'm of things are crystallizing here yeah uh well uh i think that probably just about does it for this uh for this app um you got anything else to add or no, I think we've we've been through everything that we found uh, embarrassing about the show. Hopefully yep. things are going to get better. Uh, do you want to use your veto on the next one? No, I, I want to see these Ferengis. How about you? Yeah, I guess so. You know, the one thing I do remember about this episode is that uh, the ship reveal was a big thing. The Ferengi fly into the Enterprise backwards. Oh, and yeah. They, and then they just sort of like pull the E-brake and flip it around. And then oh, that's, yeah. That's supposed to be uh, really intimidating, right? <laughs> I don't know why. That might be the only thing I remember from the entire first season. Is <laughs> how ridiculous that moment was. The rest of it you've shed out of your memory is traumatic. Yeah, so far for good reason. Yeah, well, uh, we will be back at you next week with that episode. Uh, I've been Ben Harrison. I've been Adam Pranica. Don't Google us. Don't call. Don't write. Captain, you're the car of the U.S. Enterprise. Captain, you're the car of the U.S. Enterprise. Make it so. Make it so. You're the car of the U.S. Enterprise.